Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. We're glad you found us. This is Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to the Yoga Hour, offering insights and practices for spiritually, consciously living today. Here's your host, Yogacharya, Ellen Grace O'Brien. Good morning and welcome to the Yoga Hour, where we talk about yoga in all its depth and breadth as a path to spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in today's world. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, co-host and producer of the show, and today our topic is living with and moving beyond chronic pain. My guest today is Sarah Ann Shockley. She's the author of the book, The Pain Companion, which we are focusing on in our conversation today. In the fall of 2007, she contracted thoracic outlet syndrome, or TOS, which is a collapse of the area between the clavicles and the first ribs. And she has lived with debilitating nerve pain ever since. She's been a regular columnist for Pain News Network and is a regular contributor to The, to the Mighty, a 1.5 million member online community for those living with chronic illness and pain. She lives in the San Francisco Bay Area. You can visit her online at thepaincompanion.com. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you, Laurel. It's great to be here. I am so delighted that you could join me today on the show. So before we begin our dialogue about living with and moving beyond chronic pain, let's begin with a moment of practicing, a moment of being present, a moment of the here and now. So let's start just by being aware of our bodies. Whatever we're doing, whether we're standing, walking, sitting, just being aware of our bodies in space, being aware of whatever is supporting our bodies. Then let's turn our attention to our breath. Just notice as we take a fully conscious breath, noticing the inhale, and the exhale. Continuing to notice our breathing without altering its natural flow. Feeling the warm air, sorry, the cool air entering the nostrils and the warm air flowing out. And just imagining with each breath, with each inhale, we can dive within. And we, with each exhale, we can relax. And as we dive within, dropping from our head into our hearts, 
just being present, being aware of the essence of our being. the essence that is the substance and support of all that is, of you, of me, everyone and everything. It's within us, between us and all around us. And just by being present and noticing, we can rest there. And as we rest, we may notice thoughts or feelings as they arise. And realize we can just watch them. Watch them as they arise. And watch them as they pass away. Remaining anchored in this essence of our being. Feeling the peace emanating from that essence. Allowing that peace to expand within our bodies. Allowing it to penetrate each and every cell. Feeling that your very cells can absorb this peace like the earth absorbs a gentle rain. And as we bring this moment of meditation to a close, remember this peace is something we can carry with us, carry with us throughout our day. and share it with all we meet. So once again, Sarah Ann Shockley, welcome to the Yoga Hour. Thank you so much. I want to thank you actually for writing this book and for your work on positive living with chronic pain. In the introduction, I talked a little bit about the cause of your chronic pain. Can you tell us a little bit more about your personal experience of pain, how it happened, how you contracted it, and how you first tried to manage it? Yeah, um, it was in fall of 2007, so it's been quite a while now. Um, I was working uh, using a non-ergonomic setup with computers, a very small keyboard, kind of like a mini keyboard. And I'm, a, <clears throat> excuse me, a tall person. I'm about six feet tall. So that was collapsing the top of my body without me realizing it. And um, it came on pretty suddenly. I didn't know what it was. It, it didn't seem to be typical. Uh, I felt a little bit of pain in my fingers, but then it went away. And then all of a sudden I had pain through my back, through my hands and arms. It was just like overnight almost. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was unable to work almost, you know, it's just, I could barely move. I could barely get out of bed. Mm -hmm. Um, 
So for me, what happened was really from one day to the next, it was, and and I think probably a lot of listeners that have dealt with pain may have had a similar, not the same condition, but a similar thing happened where one day you're fine. You're just going along in life. You're doing your thing. I was a single mom. I was working. I was handling life. I felt very resourceful in charge of things, had to be. And then the next day could barely move and Mm -hmm. in tremendous pain. So thoracic outlet syndrome is something that affects nerve, it creates nerve pain, but it also affects the muscles and it affects um, the ability to use your hands and arms. So all of a sudden I went from someone who was very capable, had to be the one who held things together to barely, I I mean, I walked like an old lady, I could barely move. my most of the pain at that time was in my neck and upper body and in my hands and arms but eventually it spread through my body as nerve pain will do um all the way down to my feet a lot of burning tingling um stabbing pains deep aches the list of symptoms goes on and on so uh the first thing that happened for me and i think this might be true for many people is you're first of all it's like well this is awful but it's going away Mm-hmm. I mean, everything goes right. away, right? right. So, yeah. so so, you're hit by this and it's a shock to the system and to yourself, but you think, okay, I've gotten through other things, I'll get through this. And you do, but it didn't go away. Mm-hmm. So the first part of me sort of managing this was believing it's just going to pass. So I just kind of stumbled through my days as best I could. I had to stop working immediately. Um, we did try different uh, physical therapies and things for helping it. Everything made it worse. I mm. turned out I had one of the worst, most severe kinds of TOS you can get. It was on both sides of my body. Usually it's only on one. And it affected all levels that you can have affected the muscles, the veins, the arteries, and the nerves. Usually people have maybe one of those affected, maybe two. So I, I somehow I got the super deluxe version, which was why, <laughs> you know, it's like, how did I do that? I don't know. But um so it's so everything we did to try to help it actually made the nerves even more inflamed and made the tissue swell up more and and it got worse so i had to be very quiet and it took about the first year honestly before one of my doctors said you know sarah kind of a wake up call this isn't getting better and mm-hmm. it's probably going to get worse yeah it's progressive and that hit me like a ton of bricks because i had just been doing the best I could kind of just maintaining and waiting for it to go away. And I think many of us do that. We do whatever we're supposed to do. We do the treatments, we take care of ourselves and we just wait for it to lift and it didn't. And that's when it really hit me that pain has moved in. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's the unwanted house guest, the, 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 the thing you never thought would happen. The, it does feel like um, something has moved into your house, and the house being your body even. Right. It's moved into your whole life. So for me then, um, because the things we tried didn't make it better, I kind of went into this stoic space of, okay, I have a son who was at that time about 11 I have to just keep going. And for a long time, I'd say about five years, I just, the, the pain got a little bit better from its worst, worst place because I learned how to live with it. I learned how to live within very severe limitations. I didn't do much. I just took care of my son. And and sometimes for a whole day, I might honestly make a cup of tea and a little food and that would be my day. Mm. And it's hard to believe, but truly that's about it. I'd get him to school and then I'd just kind of 
try to sit and walk around in the best way I could without making it worse and then pick him up later and, and uh, sort of struggle through trying to make something to eat for dinner. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, I'm not an unusual in, in that level of pain, I don't think. Unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there in a lot of pain. And after uh, living with it for some time and it not getting better with me just putting up with it, that's when I went, I, I can't do this anymore. Right. Which is where just live with it. Yes. Yeah, which is where, where the book came from. Which exactly. is so great because yes. it's really packed with all the stuff that you've learned over this period of time. So your writing now is focused on managing chronic pain. You have a website called The Pain Companion and you've written the book of that same name. So what's the goal of your work? Well, I hope that um, there's there's a couple of goals, but the first one is to be with people in pain. And one of the things that happens to us is we get so isolated and not, you know, most of us, when this happens, we haven't had it happen before. We don't know what it is. We don't know why it is. We don't know, you know, how to deal with it. We blame ourselves for it. We usually go into an, a lot of, of shame about it and blame and guilt about being in pain. And we're puzzled by why can't I get better? We're also exhausted uh, most of the time or we don't sleep well. So we're just kind of in this horrible space. It's like having kind of a lot of pain in the body, but you sort of feel jet lagged and like you've got the flu and, and a number of things are happening all at once. So living with pain over time, it expands outward from just the part of the body that's in pain to your whole life feels like it's in pain. You feel like you're in pain. So so my purpose is to be with people, to kind of be the companion, to walk with them, to let them know through the book, through my website, through blogs, you know, whatever I can do, that how they're feeling is not, it, it's not wrong. You know, a lot of feelings come up, a lot of shame and anger and, and all of, you know, this incredible fear and loss. And to understand that other people go through this, that that sometimes people think, what's wrong with me? Why do I feel like this? Or, or why did I make this happen? Or how did this happen? So to be with people when they go through this, this awful sense of loss and loneliness, and also to provide, if I can, some kind of pathway through, not an instant fix. I don't have that. I don't know anybody who does but a way to move through pain with more grace and ease. And to, and in doing that, it does begin to affect the physical pain when you begin to relax with it and begin to kind of work with the emotional sides of it and also realize you're not wrong for being in it. You're not right. alone. Yeah. Right. So to really, to really support people mm-hmm. moving through pain. Yeah. As I mentioned before we started talking, I think it's actually a great title of the book, The Pain Companion. Uh, yes, I you. think you're, you're, really you know succeeded in in providing what you just what you just outlined so um i wanted to to mention the the, you've got a a a foreword in the book by uh, dr bernie siegel and the um title that he gave the foreword is uh pain uh the unwanted gift yes so (laughs) so can can you just mention that how has pain been an uh, an unwanted gift for you well the unwanted part is really easy to understand i think for most of us we do not want pain we don't want to be in it none of us do but sometimes when we have to go through these things and it can be you know people might understand this on the level of physical pain but also emotional pain when we have to go through difficult times and we come through them especially when they when they go through some length of time 
boy, it, it forces us to really be with ourselves differently. We really have to find the core of who we are because everything else is stripped away. When you're in deep pain, there isn't much left of your life. And you have to ask yourself questions, you know, who am I? Mm-hmm. Who, who am I in the inside? If, if, you know, if my body's not working, what do I have left? Mm-hmm. And how do I be in the world? And, and you go through these very difficult times of, am I going to stay here? Many people ask that question. You know, should I, should I leave? Should I stay? And if I stay, why? Why am I here? What's the mm-hmm. purpose? What's the mm-hmm. point? So mm-hmm. it, it, it doesn't seem like a gift at the time, but it's really, a, it's almost like a, a, a speed course in spirituality where you really have to face who am I in a very real way and how am I going to be here? If, if, this, if, I, if I have to be with this pain, both physical and emotional, how am I going to do that? How am I going to get to the other side? And how am I in that, you know, when that doesn't even go away, how am I going to live? How am I going to find joy and happiness and who I am in this? So I think that there are actually a number of other gifts that pain brings. Um, and again, it's the unwanted, you know, I, I didn't ask for it to come that way. Thanks very much. But you really do. You, you really have to find a way to be very present with yourself. And and one of the things I talk about is learning to love. We all we would talk about learning to love ourselves. We also have to learn to love the pain we're in, mm-hmm. you know, not like it. I don't mean that. But loving, I talk about loving the places that hurt mm. because that's what's being asked for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it, it um, was interesting for me as a physician uh, to realize that in, you know, that, that chronic pain from a nervous system perspective is just so different, you know, from acute pain. We had a guest a couple of months ago on the yoga hour, uh, Swami Shiva Shankarananda. It's another great episode on pain for those listeners. It's available in our, our archive at uh, the yoga. I'm sorry, it's uh, unity.fm slash the yoga hour. Um, but um, uh my understanding and actually physicians understanding of pain has really, you know, changed over this last, I don't know how long, 20 years or so, mm-hmm. something like that. And realizing that, you know, there are demonstrable changes to the nervous system. There's this, you know, neuroplasticity that kicks in and m- larger areas of the brain, you know, are, are recruited, you know, to feel these painful sensations. Uh, there's re- rewiring at the level of the nervous system at the, you know, at the spinal nerves where subs, you know, like, uh, adjacent nerves are kind of recruited mm-hmm. so even mm-hmm. lightly light sensations can become incredibly yes painful. absolutely so it's just so interesting that you know that it is such a different you know such a very different yes. you know experience and obviously you know from what you've even just said really is something that affects everything affects your yes. you know affects you know body mind and and spirit and certainly affects your ability to do things like focus so one of the things i liked about the book is that you've set it up so um, you know, they're very short chapters. So they're, mm-hmm. you know, can yeah. tack, someone who's in chronic pain could potentially tackle it where they might not if it was, you know, something, you know, super long that they had yes. to read, you know, at one yeah. time. And I'm sure that design was delivered on your part. Absolutely. On purpose. It's not a heady <laughs> book. It's not, you know, it's something that people can digest little bits of at a time. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I'm really glad you brought that up about the brain. I don't know, you might want to say something more about that, but um, I appreciate that. Yeah, well, no, go, go ahead from, yeah, from your perspective. I, I was going to say that, if, you know, chronic pain is different. Sometimes we are also in acute pain when we're in chronic pain, but it's different from sh- what I call short-term pain because it, 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 
it affects you so differently. It affects your feelings about yourself and about the future. And it also does affect your brain. And it's not just, um, you kind of feel like you're in a pain bubble and you can almost feel your pain out from your body. So when people start to move towards you, the little pain sensors or the big pain sensors start to go, you know, the alarms go off, like don't get too close because you begin to feel your pain almost outward from your body. And for me, when, when we talk about that, when we talk about the physiological aspects of it, you know, what's the brain doing on, in a spiritual sense. And as someone who's lived through this, I would say there's also, then that means pain isn't just, it's not about it being wrong. It's about it. This is really important. Pain has a big message. Pain is taking over part of the brain. Is it is it an enemy or is it saying there is something important to see here? That's mm-hmm. the way I prefer to look at it mm-hmm. is, wow, pain is a, is a messenger. And of course, we know it's a signal from the body. But instead of making that something that's a mistake or wrong or, oh, my gosh, the brain's misfiring. What if it's doing exactly what it's supposed to do? And we need to learn how to to pay attention to it differently in order for it to calm down. So that's a lot of what I talk about, too. How are we with pain? Mm-hmm. So instead of being in a, in a head-on battle with it, which it then, of course, tends to make us very tense and tight and contracted, all of which have physiological aspects. We don't breathe well. But it also... Um, kind of tries we we tend to try to clamp down on the pain Mm -hmm. and that doesn't usually have a very great healing effect on the body so so changing that um focus on how we think of pain but i also wanted to add something else about um that we don't talk about a lot in terms of the brain and pain um I, i call it the brain in pain um, is is those of us who are living with pain often also have problems with short-term memory. We have problems with overwhelm. Uh, you mentioned not being able to focus. We can't. A lot of times we can't think of words. We'll be we'll be in a sentence and and you know. And I just want to mention this because people in pain don't always realize that's an aspect of pain. They think, oh, I've I'm, I've got Alzheimer's. What's wrong with me? You know, what's going on that. You know, and we feel overwhelmed really easily. A lot of people, I think, have PTSD from being injured for a long time. So there are aspects of daily living that we want to recognize come from um, living with chronic pain that affect our ability to just think. And then we go to someone like you or someone, you know, some caring doctor, and we're supposed to talk about maybe our symptoms of that week, and we can't remember what happened in the morning. Or we sound, we, we feel stupid, you know, because we, we're kind of, you know. So there, there's a really important thing to recognize for doctors and for patients as well that the whole person is affected and the brain is affected not just in creating more pain signals, but in not working, you know, we, we, don't, have, we don't have access to our full brain when we're in pain. So it's really hard. Very yeah. difficult. Yeah, I think it, I I read um, in the book you described at one point like it's uh, it's like the flu, and we all know kind of yes. how we feel when we have really kind of that foggy brain, you know. Absolutely. That that's part of the that's been part of the pain experience for you. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So at the end of um, many chapters in the book, you've written short letters uh, to your pain. I actually was kind of fascinated to read how your relationship with your pain sort of changed through time. Yeah. Um, would you share one of those with us? I was uh, yes, thinking about the, the letter at the end of chapter two on, on uh, page 15. Yes. That's, this is like the depth of the pain. So, 
there's there's actually just to tell the audience there are there are also kind of nicer or like more you know <laughs> a cal- calmer letters later on. Yes. Well, this is the beginning of what the yeah. heck is going on here. Yeah. And I think I want to say before I read this, it's really important for people in pain to be able to do something like this. It's important to express your pain and go ahead and be mad at pain at first, and then we try to move through it and go someplace else as well. So, so the first letter here is dear pain. I'm trying everything I can think of to make you happy, to make you calm down, to make you go away. I have tried eradicating, releasing, relieving, mitigating, cajoling, begging, and ignoring you. Yet you are astonishingly resilient. You refuse to budge. Almost everything I do makes you louder and more insistent. Today I was alarmed to discover that the only sensations I have left are painful ones. My entire body is a burning, painful structure. If there is a part of me that is not in pain, I can't feel it anymore. You have taken over my entire experience of my body. Are you trying to push me out of my body? I don't believe I am this pain, but where am I? What is left of me? So that, um, you know, is such a, you know, direct witnessing kind of uh, uh, experience of, you know, what what you were going through at that time. Um, How does it feel to you now to look back in the minute or so we have left before the break? How does that feel? Well, it's, I'm actually glad I wrote these things because now I can look back and say, wow, that was really tough. That was really hard. Look what I came through. Look how strong I am. Look at my desire to live and be here because I am in a very different place now. And we can talk more about that later. But, um, yeah, it's I think it's important to witness ourselves so that we can see where we are and where we've come to. Sometimes our progression through pain is very minuscule. And it's important to be able to look back and say, OK, maybe yesterday I felt this bad, but maybe six months ago I didn't feel quite this bad. So. That can be really helpful. And and now I am in a very different place. So a different relationship with pain. Mm-hmm. Great. Which we will, uh, yes. which we will get into as we uh, explore more in the second half of the show. You're listening to The Yoga Hour with our guest, Sarah Ann Shockley, author of the book we are discussing today, The Pain Companion. You can find out more about Sarah and her work at thepaincompanion.com. We welcome your comments and questions. You can contact us at yogahour at unity.fm. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, producer and co-host of the show. We come back from the break. We'll explore more about the tools for moving beyond chronic pain. We'll be right back. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, celebrating diversity and inclusivity for Pride Month. We are one. It takes you to power Unity Online Radio. If you'd like to make a positive difference in the world, you can. 
by contributing to this global ministry. Unity Online Radio relies on listeners like you to support our broadcasts that send our messages out to an awakening world. Go to unityonlineradio.org and click on Donate today. Here's a Unity Teachable Moment with Rev. Wendy Craig Purcell, taken from a talk called The Plan Unfolds. One of the other aspects of helping to really identify a true new beginning is being willing to sit in deep questions and pay attention to your answers to those deep questions. Deep questions like, what does my soul really long to do and be? If I didn't have to worry about paying bills, what would I really want to do? I'm not suggesting that you drop the the real responsibilities of adulthood, but you can drop that from your process of questioning. What does my heart and soul long for? And what do I need to do to begin to build my life, more of my life, to look like that? To find a Unity Church near you, visit unity.org. Know Yourself as Divine, Stations of the Cosmic Christ. A new book from Matthew Fox and Bishop Mark Andrus introduce a spiritual practice designed to help you realize the divine within. Combining prayer and an interpretation of the Stations of the Cross, featuring beautiful imagery, you will be led on a process of transformation. This book will help you discover the most caring, courageous, and compassionate parts of yourself. Get your copy today at Amazon.com or Unity.org shop. What if you could start each day with a positive outlook, remembering you are a divine expression of God? Daily Word is a booklet of daily devotionals offering positivity that's downright contagious. With a print subscription or by email, you can pause to reflect on how to practice spirituality in your human experience. Reading Daily Word takes about a minute a day, so you can feel uplifted every morning. Visit dailyword.com to subscribe. Discover how to connect with our loved ones on the other side with Suzanne Giesman and Messages of Hope. Tune in every Thursday at 3 p.m. Central as Suzanne shares evidence that love never dies. An evidential medium, spiritual teacher, and author, Suzanne brings hope and healing through her gift of communication with those who have passed. Suzanne brings messages of hope and love that go straight to the heart. Tune in this Thursday right here on Unity Online Radio. Call now with your question or comment. 816-251-3555. That's 816-251-3555. You're listening to The Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way with your host, Yogacharya, Ellen Grace O'Brien. Welcome back to The Yoga Hour. Today, we're discussing living with and moving beyond chronic pain with the author of the book, The Pain Companion, Sarah Ann Shockley. So, Sarah, uh, part two of your book is entitled The Emotional Life of Chronic Pain. Um, I really appreciated your including, you know, not just an acknowledgement of the fact that there are all these emotions that go along with chronic pain, but really some very, very helpful suggestions about how to, you know, to not ignore or kind of belittle these emotions, but to, you know, to move through them in a, in a productive way. Mm -hmm. So um, can you 
uh, talk a little bit more about that. Tell us about how emotions are affected by chronic pain and um, why is why it is that we need to acknowledge these deep feelings. Yeah, I think it's so important. Um, you know, when we're in we're, we're in physical pain, of course, we focus on the physicality of it. It's very present in our bodies. And when we work with it, we're, we're working on the physiology of it. We're working on how is this affecting my body? How can I get rid of this? What can I do to stop this? And most of what we do is on the physical level. And there's nothing wrong with that. We need to deal with that. But while we're in, as pain goes on over time and we're in chronic pain, it's not getting better. A lot of things come in emotionally that we don't always recognize are happening. I certainly didn't for a long time. And I recognized that something was going on when I began to kind of slowly and almost imperceptibly to me slide into a sense of depression and loss and hopelessness. And because there's so much physical pain, that takes precedence in what you're looking at. So you almost don't even notice sometimes. It seems a little strange that you wouldn't notice, but you're, you're just trying to deal with the physic- physical pain. And we don't always recognize that we're feeling awful emotionally too. So part of my purpose here is to help people see and and recognize what's going on with their feelings. And most of us feel most of the things I'm working with here with in terms of loss, shame, guilt, fear, anger, you know, and you might feel those all in one day, or you might go through periods where one or more of those is, is, is to the forefront. And it's important to recognize them. Sometimes we feel like we don't have the energy to deal with our emotions when we're in physical pain. Mm-hmm. But if we don't recognize them and at least acknowledge them and, and let ourselves know, okay, I'm, I'm I'm feeling kind of bad, you know, here, then uh, we can slide into depression and hopelessness and feel powerless. And, and that's when we start to move into that kind of victim feeling. And and when we move there, we're, it's harder to heal. It's harder to keep going. That's when we really um, begin to feel like we don't have any inner resources. So what I think is so important, even though it's not a happy thing to do necessarily at first, is to really recognize how we're feeling emotionally when we're in, in particularly in chronic pain. Mm-hmm. And I've, I, what I talk about in the book is, is a lot of the different emotions that come up. And then I give what I call antidotes to them. So just suggestions for ways, uh, people don't have to do everything, but just a little easy suggestions for ways of working with them and, and moving through them. And, and when we recognize them and we acknowledge them and we honor them, they do begin to release a bit. And, mm-hmm. um, and that makes our life with pain a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, which is um, obviously everything is so interconnected. You know, the way we feel emotionally really has an impact. You know, Absolutely. on on our you know on our level of pain. Yes, um, and so it, it's um, it, and uh, being aware and um, kind of acknowledging feeling our feelings um, is such an important way then through our feelings it can really get stuck you know yes. if we, you know if we're not doing that so so let's focus on one of the things that you talk about which i could totally understand um fear yes um so and in addition you know to fear kind of goes along with that is anxiety and stress um this is on page 48 so yeah. um how does fear and anxiety affect chronic pain. Let's start there. Well, um, you know, when, when we're in pain and 
it won't go away. It's it's really scary because, I mean, we live in our bodies. It's the only way we have to be here in life. So if the body isn't working well, and if we're told you're not going to get better anytime soon, maybe never. Some a lot of people in chronic pain have. Uh, can look forward to a future with more pain, unfortunately, so far. We haven't come up with a very effective way to deal with a lot of the things going on for people with these chronic conditions, and there are millions of us that are dealing with this. Mm. And it is scary, and it's not just scary physically. It's scary like, who's going to pay for my medical bills? Am I going to be able to get treatment? Um, is the is the latest thing that somebody asked me to do or the latest pill that somebody told me to take, is that going to make me better or worse? How's that affecting the rest of my body? You know, am I, am I going to get something else because of this? You know, sometimes we get repercussions for side effects, a lot of side effects from, from the treatments we're given. So there's that level of fear, but there's also the level of fear of if, if, if I can't carry on, who's going to take care of my children? Mm. Am I going to lose my job? Am I going to lose my house because I'm losing my job? These are all things a lot of us wake up in the middle of the night with panic attacks from very real financial issues from, you know, I had to deal with how am I going to do the laundry? Mm -hmm. I, 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 I can't even clean my house. I had a wonderful son who was uh, 11 at the time and was able to help me. But a lot of people are very alone. And there's no financial resources for somebody to come in and, you know, for most of us, clean our house or do our shopping for us. So, so there's a lot of very practical fears. Then there's the fear that comes up of losing yourself, losing your sense of who you are in life, which we spoke about earlier. Uh, there was one day I woke up and realized I could not find my future. I'd always had a sense of where I was going before. And I realized I don't have a feeling of a future. Mm. That was scary. Mm -hmm. It was like, mm -hmm. I, I can't see a future for me. Mm. All I can see is the pain in front of me right now. Right. So these are really very real and, and difficult things that people in pain are dealing with every day. Right. And as we just talked about that, you know, that fear, that, you know, emotion is something that actually can then make the experience of pain even more intense. Yes. Yes. So you developed this fear protocol. So yeah. can you talk us through that? Yeah, I will do that. I, I, um, as I said, I woke up many times being a single mom with a with a child and and um, not being able to work. And there was a there were six months when I had nothing coming in because my disability hadn't come through. So I am not a stranger to terror uh, about these things. So I would wake up in the middle of the night with panic attacks, and you know my heart pounding and not being able to breathe. And so this is what I developed for myself to. It didn't necessarily make the fears, uh, the reality change, but it, it changed my ability to deal with the fear that was in front of me right then in that moment. So, and there's sirens going off in the background of my neighborhood, which sort of goes along right along with what we're talking about. So the first thing is, um, the first step is like, notice what's really happening. So bring yourself into the present moment and just tell you, you know, it's your mind that's going nuts with the fear. It's like going off and spinning stories and carrying on a what if, what if, what if, what if, and how, 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 what, 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 and you just kind of tell your mind, okay, just for now, let's just, you know, let's look at what's, what's happening right now. Where am I right now? Am I in the middle of what I'm scared of right now? Usually not because we're scared of the future. We're scared of what's going to happen. Whatever we're in right now may not be what we like, but we are no longer terrified of 
it because we're in it. You know, we're, right. we're dealing with it in a sense. We're terrified of what might happen tomorrow. So the right. first thing and is to notice where we are. Yes. And I was just going to say, and that I think is such an important, um, you know, thing to do because you're right. It, you know, in, in general, we're worried about not what's happening now. And so we can, if we can pull ourselves into the now, yeah. then that actually can take us a step back from yes. the edge. Exactly. Yes. Because the fear is the mind kind of spinning out about the future. So then the second thing I did was, okay, I'd, I'd say to myself, okay, here we are. I'm right here. I'm right now. I'm in my bed. I'm okay. I'm in pain, but I'm here. I'm alive. I'm breathing. Okay. And the thing I'm scared of hasn't happened yet. So then I notice, okay, what has already worked out? What What has happened already that is better than it was before? Or what is working? What um, I'm breathing. That might be the, the one of the things, but I'm here, I'm breathing. My son is okay. He's he's healthy. Okay, that's working. I've got uh, these friends that are helping me. I've got this family member who's willing to do that. I've got, okay, my car is still running. Whatever. It could be the smallest things, but just notice, okay, that's working. That's working. The lights turn on. This, you know, just notice what in life is working. It'll calm your mind down. And then notice, um okay, what can I take charge of in my life? I, I Maybe the thing I'm terrified of is something that feels out of my control, but what is in my control? What, what am I able to take? Well, I can take charge of this moment, how I feel about it. I know that I can make, I'm the one who makes the choices about whether I take those pills or I don't take those pills. I have to take back responsibility. Okay, who's in charge of that? What can I decide, you know, what can I do? So you, you kind of notice uh, where you do have power, where where you do have um, the ability to decide for yourself, and then notice what what's working right now. What so we went to what what has worked out, and then notice what's working right now. Okay, what's happening? Well, that thing I tried kind of did help a little bit, or I noticed a tiny shift the other day, or I well I actually laughed a little bit today. You know, mm-hmm. don't laugh a lot when you're pain, but Somebody told me a funny joke. You just notice, okay, it's not that you're fixing everything. It's the, the fear protocol isn't that everything's going to be all fixed when you do this. It's that you've got to balance that with, okay, what what am I not terrified of? You know, what is working? What is here? I'm here. This is happening. This working. This is working. Okay. And you 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 tell your mind to just calm down. And you might have to say, you know, what I often do before I start this is say, okay, I'm going to do this for just like five minutes. I'm going to not be in fear. So I'm going to take my fear and I'm going to put it in this box, imaginary box. I'm just say, look, mind, just stick them all over there in this box. And just for a few minutes, I'm going to go through what's working, how I, you know, that I'm here right now. And then if it comes back up, you ask yourself, okay, do I need to go back to the fear? And you decide that's your choice too. Yeah, I want to be scared for a while longer. So it, you notice that you are in charge of the fear. That's really, really helpful. So you can say, yeah, okay, I'm going to freak out for 10 minutes. And you set a timer. I'm going to freak out like crazy for 10 minutes. And then I'm going to stop. I'm going to put the fears in the box again. And it gives you a sense of um, having a little bit of control over your own mind and where it goes. And you'll also notice when you're not allowing fear to run away with you, your breathing shifts. You begin to kind of settle into a, a slower breathing and you might do that on purpose 
when you can. Sometimes deep breathing is painful for people in pain, but just breathing a little more softly and slowly and, and bringing a little more relaxation about, okay, I'm, I'm okay now. This, the ship hasn't sunk yet. You know, I'm here. So, and sometimes I had to go through that cycle over and over and over again until I fell asleep, but it works. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's really, really helpful. So, th so thank you for that. Okay. The other um, area that I really appreciated in your book is the whole, um, I guess it's the third section, part three, mm -hmm. um, meditative approaches to physical pain. And you have, you know, many of them that I think are just so, so valuable. So um, obviously here on the yoga hour, we're big fans of meditation. <laughs> it's part yes. of the yoga tradition and um, also part of um, of the yoga approach to healing, yeah. um, how we can access, as I was saying at the beginning of the show in that meditation that I did there, um, how we can access this, you know, this inner core mm -hmm. um, and that that can be a really helpful part of the healing process. Mm -hmm. um, the uh, um, mind that is disturbed um, is often the the analogy that's used it's like a it's like a, a lake and there are all these boats you know out in the lake mm -hmm. that are you know that are disturbing so you can't see the bottom and really you know um those uh once the you know once the boats are all docked yeah <laughs> on the sides of the lake you know the lake surface you know gets comes calm and you can you know you can see you know down toward the bottom so um many of the physical uh, i'm sorry the meditation exercises i think are, are really wonderful what what um, what's one that you would like to share, you know, with the audience? Well, I, I think it's really important. There's a number of them that deal with breath. And I think it's really important to talk about that um, because we, you know, one of the first things I noticed, um, well, I tried to meditate when I was in very acute pain. That didn't work very well for me, mm -hmm. traditional meditation, because mm -hmm. sitting with the spine erect didn't work for me. Right. Deep breathing didn't work for me. So I had to kind of alter that and kind of find my own way to, well, how can I, how can I meditate while I'm, you know, it, it, and, and also when you get quiet, sometimes the pain just seems to be even more present and more, you know, like you're feeling right. it even more. So right. that's like, well, that's backfiring. How do I do that? So I, what it did do, trying to meditate, made me notice my breath because that's what we do when we meditate. We, we often have our attention on our breath, our awareness on our breath, or we start with that anyway. And I noticed that I was, um, throughout the day, I was holding my breath a lot which we do, particularly, you know, when you feel pain, what's the first thing you do? <gasps> you pull your breath in. Right. You know, do you try to stop the pain, stop the feeling? And I noticed that I was doing that a lot, um, restricting the breath, holding the breath. I noticed that I was almost, the way I describe it is, is trying to make a wall with breath against the pain. And maybe people in pain can can relate to that. But it's, it's like... Um, trying not to breathe with the pain too much or breathe into the pain too much because it'll be worse. So you're trying to kind of keep your brain, your, your breath very light. So I realized that wasn't actually a very healing way of being with the body or, or, you know, with myself. And I thought, well, maybe I'm doing the opposite of what I should be doing here. So, um, I began to explore working with the breath. And one of the first things that people can try is, first of all, you know, become aware of your breath. You don't have to change it immediately. And you don't have to take deep breaths if, if that's painful. But just notice it. You know, just notice how am I breathing? A lot of us in pain breathe very shallowly. We, 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 you will, maybe if you start to put your attention there, notice that you're often just keeping it in. 
And then, you know, we all have to breathe, but we're often breathing less than normal or more shallowly. And some of us are panting even when we're, when we're in deep pain. So just noticing it is the first thing. And then there are different, um, I use kind of active meditations. You don't have to be in any particular posture. You don't have to, you know, just be where you are and be comfortable, but to begin to notice, uh, working with the breath. And one of the ways is to imagine that, uh, sort of get aware of where the pain is in your body and aware of, and maybe it's your whole body, you know, it could be, could be your whole body is in pain, but then notice where pain isn't. And maybe that's nowhere in your body. For me, it was outside of my body was the only place pain wasn't, but there is a place that pain isn't. Mm. And to just notice that and to allow yourself to kind of take a breath in the space where pain isn't. In a sense, it's you're kind of, you know, the mind kind of goes, what? Mm. But when you do that, you put your awareness on where pain is and it might be outside of your body and just take a breath there. Something relaxes. You just notice a little bit of relaxation. And that's huge if you can relax at all when you're in pain. Another thing to do with the breath is to imagine that you're breathing sort of next to your pain. Like just kind of notice where the pain is and just kind of breathe next to it. Just You're just kind of sort of sidling up to it sort of gently and, and breathing next to it. Because we don't want to breathe, we often don't want to breathe with pain. But then the next step, which you may have guessed, is to, in fact, breathe with pain, mm-hmm. to give pain breath, which at first seems like, what? That's the last thing I want to do is give pain anything. I don't want to give it breath. Well, pain, part of pain is a contraction. We're contracting around it. It is a contraction. It's a tightness in the body often. And it can't heal if it can't breathe. Nothing can heal if it can't breathe. And it may sound uh, strange, but um, try the practice of allowing pain breath. And in allowing it breath, you also allow it expansion, which also seems like the exact opposite of what you'd want to do. And yet, if you allow, you can say to yourself, okay, I'm just going to do this for one minute, and then I can always contract pain back in if I need to. But just try allowing pain to breathe and have more space, not less space, but more, which is, again, exactly the opposite, counterintuitive. But when you allow pain to take up more space and breathe, the strangest thing happens. It relaxes. Mm. And the edges of it seem to start to just soften just a little bit. Is pain going to go away when you do this? Probably not. It's going to take a while. But if you can notice pain softening at all when you do this, that means it can shift. That's huge. That is hugely healing. And when you're doing this, you're allowing the rest of the body a moment of peace. When you've got your attention on pain differently and saying, okay, pain, you're already here. I I don't like you, but you're already here. Okay. Have a little breath then. Maybe you need to breathe. Okay. All right. Fine. Let's let you breathe a little bit. Then the rest of the body can go, the the blood starts to flow differently. The air moves through. You know, we got to have things move and flow for the tissues to heal, for everything to heal. So there is also a physiological effect as well as an emotional effect of just pain itself begins to relax a little bit. Mm -hmm. And it isn't quite so much of an adversary. And that, that subtle difference is actually quite huge. 
can be very, very healing. And you just do this throughout the day, just for a moment. You just notice, how am I breathing? Oh, I'm holding breath. Okay, maybe I can just breathe a little bit. How's pain doing? Maybe I can get pain, a little bit of breath, just for a second, you know, and see how that is. Mm-hmm. Well, you've got so many exercises at the end of the book that are just really lovely. I wish we had time, you know, to do more. Um, I think your your story, well, first of all, I think the book is a really a gift, you know, to those Thank who are you. in pain, you know, of what you've learned. And then your story about how, you know, how you have, um, you know, improved your pain so we were talking mm-hmm. a little bit about that i think it's yeah. such, such a hopeful one you know yeah. for you know for people who have you know chronic pain because as you mentioned you know you were kind of like the had the worst of the worst in terms yes. of the thoracic outlet syndrome so um we have just about two minutes left so in closing what what words of encouragement or inspiration would you like to share with our listeners well there's a lot i'll see what i can fit in <laughs> two minutes. but one of the things is you know there is always hope there is always hope. I was told I would never get better. I was told my pain would get worse. I was told that sometimes people with this um, condition, their arms actually atrophy and they are, uh, use the loose of, y- 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 lose the use of their arms. I was told many things by doctors who are wonderful, wonderful people that have seen you know what happens with this. But and that leads to a sense of hopelessness. So, you know, and, and there's evidence that says, yes, this should get worse. I was supposed to be a hopeless case. And I decided, no, I, I, I'm, no, I can't live that way. I can't live that way. So, so I would say one of my main messages is there's always hope. It may come in a different form than you expect. You are not alone in your pain. You may feel very alone, but there's so many of us on this road together. We're in this together. So find a way to reach out, find a way to connect with people. If it's online, do it online. If it's just calling a friend, call a friend, don't stay in isolation. And I would say also, one of my main messages is to people in pain, you are not wrong. This is not a mistake. You didn't screw up. You're not, this is not karma or some terrible past life thing, or you're a sinner or whatever. You're, this is we meet pain on the path of life all of us meet pain emotional physical whatever it is it's how we go through it it's not that it's here we're all going to meet it one form or another how do we move through it that's the question mm-hmm. and we're all we're all here together through this so oh, thank you for that that was so really lovely You've been listening to The Yoga Hour. It's been my pleasure to share this time with you. I'm Dr. Laurel Trujillo, producer and co-host of the show, and we've been discussing living with and moving beyond chronic pain with our special guest, Sarah Ann Shockley, author of the book we've been discussing today, The Pain Companion. You can find out more about Sarah and about her work to support others with chronic pain at the website, thepaincompanion.com. Com. Thank you so much, Sarah, for joining me today. Oh, you're so today. very welcome. Thank you. <laughs> a couple of announcements. Yogacharya O'Brien will be offering a meditation retreat at the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment in San Jose, California, from July 25th to 27th. Uh, this is 2019. Registration is limited and is now open at the CSE website, csecenter.org. 
Yogachari will also be in Oregon later this month in June 2019. She will also be offering a retreat at the Kripalu Center for Yoga and Health in Stockbridge, Massachusetts from August 11th to 14th. You can find out more about her speaking schedule on her author website, ellengraceobrien.com. Join us next week, June 13th, when I will be speaking with Mark Coleman, the author of From Suffering to Peace. We will be discovering... Sorry, we'll be discussing how the practice of mindfulness can help us meet the challenges of our changing lives and world. The Yoga Hour is a service project of the Center for Spiritual Enlightenment Meditation Center in the Kriya Yoga tradition. CSE welcomes people from all backgrounds who are seeking self and God realization, a path to spiritually conscious, fulfilled living in today's world. Remember to subscribe to the Yoga Hour podcast at iTunes or Stitcher. And if you've been enjoying the podcast, share it with a friend. Thank you to the Yoga Hour team, regular host, founder, and director of the Yoga Hour, Yogacharya O'Brien, assistant producer, Ann Hayes, CSE's global media outreach manager, Holly Gray, and Jeff Comfort and Louis Pagan in the sound booth at unity.fm. I look forward to being with you again. Until then, remember, you carry your own healing and wholeness within you. Share your peace and joy with all you meet. Bye now. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today.